Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Million Bio, leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Here's what we got on today's show. Cattle producers who may be maintaining or planning to expand their herds have another support program available through Farm Credit Canada. My chat with a Foam Lake area producer during yesterday's ranch roundup and a two-part feature on a research project on nitrogen fertilizer. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Farm Credit Canada is rolling out a new program for cattle producers needing to maintain or expand their herds. Curtis Granger, with a Director of Lending Products and Sustainability Programs at FCC, has the details on the FCC Replacement Heifer Program. And really what it is, is it's, uh, it's a you know, seven-year loan potentially, and it has two, a two-year period of uh, interest-only payments. And then, uh, you know, principal and interest thereafter. And uh, the actually variable interest rate will be capped at prime plus one and a half as well. You know, I don't I don't think it's breaking news that interest rates have, you know, been on the incline over the past number of months. So we feel like having a capped uh, interest rate with the program was um, was also appropriate to to really support producers. He says how much a farmer needs to borrow through the program is dependent on how big their operation is. Every operation is going to be different, and the amount they want to, uh, you know, grow their herd will will vary considerably. Um, so, you know, we just uh, we recommend that the producer would either, you know, get in touch with one of our field offices or, or call our customer service center to, uh, you know, kind of chat through their their situation. But there's no there's no real cap on the program as as it really depends on the size of each operation. Granger says there is no criteria for applying, although being an existing FCC customer does make the process easier. Yeah, really the, the main criteria is that they are a cattle producer and that the funds really are to help them uh, support and and build their herd. So, you know, whether it's purchasing replacement heifers or maybe they have some newborn calves or yearling heifers and the, the cash flows can't be generated from them yet. Um, that's really kind of the sweet spot of the program is really to, to help those producers in increasing their, their herd. He says the program comes at a time when the Canadian herd has gone down in recent years. There's been a fair amount of drought in various parts of Canada, especially Western Canada. And uh, we just want to make sure producers have the access to the capital they, they need and they can make the best decisions for their operations. 
so the time is, you know, really now to, you know, recognize that the growing conditions for, you know, um, for feed and that that type of thing hasn't been great. So some capital could be used for for producers to, you know, help them support build their herd. And uh, yeah, you know, the the beef industry contributes, you know, I think it's over 24 billion annually to the economy across Canada and is really critical in maintaining the, you know, health of Canadian grasslands. So it's it's an important industry to support, and that's why we uh, we're delivering the program here. The program will be available to producers until December 2024, and more information can be found on FCC's website. You're listening to Sask Ag today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is my chat with a Foam Lake area producer during yesterday's Ranch Roundup. We're back with Sask Ag today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. While out at the Insinger Community Pasture as part of the 620 CKRM Ranch Roundup, I had the chance to interview a local farmer who many of the other ranchers said would be an interesting interview. So I decided to give it a shot and managed to get him as he was entering his truck to leave. Here's my chat with Dan Thorsteinson. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. He's a grain and cattle farmer from the Foam Lake area. Have a listen. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about uh, what you do. How long have you been uh, doing this? Yeah, well, when you talk about uh, looking backwards, I've got 80 years behind me. And uh, I've been farming all my life. That's all I ever wanted to do. Um, and and uh, farming has been good a good life for me. So uh, what kind of, uh, well, I guess, describe uh, your farm. Uh, you said you uh, farm around Foam Lake? Right, we farm around Foam Lake. We're, uh, I'm the fourth generation on our farm. It was uh, homesteaded in 1903. My grandparents came here in the 1890s. Uh, now uh, my father farmed for a while, then I took over, and now my son has taken over and he's running the operation. We seed uh, around 5,000 acres and run around 300 cows. Okay, so a mixed operation. So how did everything go for this year? That's, uh, we were in kind of a little drier area, a little pocket around the Foam Lake area where we were, but we had probably an average crop. It was decent. Uh, we got lots of feed for the livestock, pastures held up well, and the harvest went pretty fast. And I'm sure you're really enjoying the cattle prices as they're pretty high right now. Cattle prices, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not totally in green with the word high. Uh, relative to our costs, um, it's hard to hard to come out in the right end. And uh, and I'll just give you an example of a of a baler uh, is over a hundred thousand now. A tractor to pull that baler uh, about two hundred eighty thousand. Uh, guaranteed, these are new pieces of equipment. So these cattle prices have to stay where they are. And uh, look at interest on your pasture. Uh, Back in my day, if you bought a quarter of land to run some cows, it was 15000 Today, uh, 150000 And if you slap 8% interest on that, running 20 cows in that quarter, uh, she's a tight one. And all these costs keep adding up. And unfortunately, and, uh, the consumer, of course, doesn't uh, relate to what it's costing it to put it on the counter for them to 
to eat. And, and yes, it is costing them a pile of money to buy it, but we have costs also, and uh, we got to pay our bills. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Um, so is there anything else that uh, you wanted to add? I know uh, your cattle in the back here, they're starting to, uh, you know, get a little anxious. Well, all I can really say, and, and uh, looking backwards, and that's the best vision that I have or anybody has is looking backwards. It's uh, It's been a great life on the farm. Uh, if I was to have a choice to do something different, I don't think I would change anything. Every day has been a good day, and some are just a little gooder than others. Tomorrow, as part of the Ranch Roundup, we're going to be heading to the Gary Community Pasture in the Parkerview area. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. A former Minister of Agriculture is returning to his old post in Premier Canoe's new NDP government in Manitoba. Canoe's cabinet was unveiled and sworn in this morning, with Ron Kostitian returning to the Ag Minister role that he held from 2012 to 2016. Having won the Dauphin riding in the election earlier this month, Kostitian is the NDP MLA with the largest agricultural presence in their caucus. The minister's experience includes running a family farm and cow-calf operation and several decades in municipal politics. He was first elected to the provincial legislature for the riding of Swan River in 2011 and was defeated by his progressive conservative opponent in 2016. Costition has also served on multiple boards, including the Association of Manitoba Municipalities, Manitoba Conservation Commission, Intermountain Conservation District, Ethelbert District Veterinary Board, Farm Stewardship Association of Manitoba, and the Ethelbert Curling Club and Skating Rink. Syngenta is bringing a new post-emergent herbicide to the market for prairie spring wheat, durum wheat, and barley growers. Talanor combines a Group 27 with a Group 6 to help control broadleaf weeds like pigweed, thistles, kochia, and cleavers. The herbicide's broad application window helps give farmers the flexibility they need to apply the product. The product is also labeled for use with a wide list of grass weed tank mix partners, including Axial Bia, Draxos, and Vero. It also has multiple restrictions. Crops like canola, chickpeas, and alfalfa can be planted 10 months after an application. Farmers can plant dry beans and lentils 22 months after a Talanor application. And field peas can be grown the following year if certain requirements are met. Variable weather conditions during the 2023 growing season cut into edible bean production in some key North American growing regions, with tighter supplies overall likely to keep prices well supported. Mitch Coulter, the executive director of the North Harvest Bean Growers Association in Fargo, North Dakota, says the whole world is a little short of beans this year. He notes Mexico was already buying heavily from the U.S. and Canada, while Argentina, normally a competitor with North American beans, had troubles with its crop. Coulter says about 70% of the edible beans grown in Minnesota are irrigated, and those acres were really good. 
However, on the North Dakota side, it's variable. In North Dakota, producers primarily grow pinto and black beans, while kidney and navy beans are more prominent in Minnesota. Consumer anxiety about the cost of food is only going up, according to the latest figures on Canadian public sentiment. The Canadian Centre for Food Integrity released a report which gives insights into Canadians' thoughts and feelings about the country's agri-food system. When asked which life issues they were most concerned about, 54% flagged the cost of food as a top concern, up from 51% last year. Cost of food has been the top concern for five consecutive years. It's the only issue of high concern among more than half of Canadians and sits six points above the next highest concern, inflation. The affordability of healthy food was of high concern to 47% of respondents, eight points higher than last year, and a staggering 19 points higher compared to 2020, when 28% were very concerned. The vice president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers is applauding the Dairy Farmers of Canada for recommending the delay of the Farmgate milk price adjustment. Gary Sands says things are very tough for Canadians right now, and this is not the appropriate time to raise prices. This comes after Dairy Farmers of Canada President David Weens recommended in a statement Friday that the Canadian Dairy Commission delay any price adjustment on milk until further notice. Last year, the Commission approved two farm gate increases to the price of milk, citing rising costs for farmers amid high inflation. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin, 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly cloudy and a high of 14. Tonight, also mainly cloudy, then clearing up near midnight, a low of 3 degrees. Sunny tomorrow, with winds from the northwest at 20 kilometers an hour in the morning, high of 20, the low 7. Sunny on Friday, high of 15, the low plus 1. Saturday, also sunny, high of 13, the low 3 degrees. Sunday, partly cloudy sky, 17 is the high, Plus two is the low. Partly cloudy on Monday, eight degrees is the high, low is minus two, and Tuesday, cloudy and a high of four degrees. Normal highs for this period are 10 degrees, normal lows minus four. Sun rose at 726 this morning, and the sun will set at 601 this evening. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, Swift Current, and Weyburn, 11 degrees, Saskatoon is at eight, Yorkton, 13. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 13.8 degrees, cool spot in Collins Bay at 2 degrees. In Regina, it's mostly cloudy, west-northwest wind at 9, humidity at 77%, temperature 11 degrees, or 52 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure is at 101.6 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy as well, west-southwest wind at 8 kilometers an hour, temperature 10 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, West-northwest wind at 9, and the temperature 11 degrees. Back in a moment.
Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pennison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College in Yorkton have just released the results of another research project. It studied top-dressing nitrogen fertilizer on frozen or snow-covered soils in Saskatchewan at seven locations across the province. Some farmers are tempted to broadcast nitrogen on snow due to time management constraints. Research coordinator Mike Hall says the research took place in 2021 and 2022. trial was developed by Kim Stonehouse with Saskatchewan Agriculture. The objective is to show the loss of production and economic risks associated with broadcast applications of nitrogen fertilizers on frozen or snow-covered soils in Saskatchewan. ECRF and Parkland College have conducted similar studies in the past and found broadcast applications of urea on 10 centimeters of snow produced wheat which was 19 bushels per acre lower yielding with 1.2% less grain protein compared to treatments which receive side banding of nitrogen at seeding. In other words, broadcasting urea on snow resulted in a lot of nitrogen loss which wasn't reduced even when we use Super U. However, the use of Super U did reduce nitrogen losses and improve crop yields when applied in early or late fall, just not when we applied it to snow. However, no broadcast treatment of urea with or without Super U resulted in a comparable yield or grain protein relative to the side banded check. He starts with the research done in 2021. Here's Kim's treatment list. The rate of nitrogen here is referred to as 1x because the rate differed between locations based on N requirements. However, within a location, each treatment received the same rate of nitrogen. The broadcast application timings were mid-November in green, early February in red, and early April in blue. At each timing, broadcast applications of bare urea, super U, and anvil were compared. Ambol has a urease inhibitor, which protects against volatilization losses of ammonia. SuperU has a urease inhibitor and a nitrification inhibitor, which reduces the risk of nitrogen losses from denitrification and leaching. So all these broadcast applications of N were compared against the same rate of spring side-banded urea at seeding, which is treatment 10. Treatment 10 is the check as NU's efficiency for spring-banded applications is best. It's the right place and the right time. Here are the yield results from 2021. There were no statistically significant yield differences between treatments at Prince Albert, Yorkton, Indian Head, and Melfort. Drought and high residual soil N would have affected the results at our site at Yorkton. It's hard to detect differences in NU's efficiency when your level of soil N is high particularly during a drought. Likewise, rates of applied nitrogen were also high at Prince Albert and Melfort. In other words, losing a little N is not going to make a lot of difference to yield potential if there's more than enough N in the system. Despite the drought and extremely low yield potential at Swift Current, it was possible to detect some differences between treatments. 
However, numerically, the yield of the side-banded check was only the second highest yield. At Redvers and Outlook, side-banded urea produced significantly more yield than any other broadcast treatment, as expected. Redvers had a decent yield potential and Outlook had a high yield potential as it was irrigated. Numerically, yields were highest for the side-banded nitrogen treatment at Indian Head as well. Mike Hall is the research coordinator for the East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College based in Yorkton. After the break, we'll hear Hall's report on the 2022 data and the final numbers. You're listening to SaskAg today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to SaskAg today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Looked at Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com We're back with Mike Hall, a research coordinator for the East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College based in Yorkton. Before the break, the college released the results from their latest research project that looked into top-dressing nitrogen fertilizer on frozen or snow-covered soils in Saskatchewan. Hall took a look at the 2021 data and now looks at the 2022 data. In 2022, Prince Albert, Yorkton, Melfort, and Redvers had no significant differences in grain yields between treatments. At Yorkton, this may have been the result of high residual soil and, again, and in-season, hail causing variability. Again, Prince Albert Melfort had high rates of applied nitrogen, which may have masked nitrogen losses. At the remaining sites, where significant differences were detected, side-banded urea was once again the highest yielding treatment. While there was occasionally a trend for higher yields when products with urease inhibitors were used, differences were never statistically significant. In 2021, significant differences in grain protein between treatments were detected at all locations except Yorkton. Protein levels were extremely high at Yorkton, which just indicates how the residual level of soil N was excessive for the dry growing conditions. At all other sites, side-banded nitrogen produced the highest level of grain protein. In 2022, significant differences in grain protein were detected between treatments at all sites again except Yorkton. What can I say? We were still working our way through high levels of soil nitrogen. Excepting Redvers, sites where significant differences were detected found side-banded nitrogen produced the highest level of grain protein. For some site years, broadcast applications in early February tended to produce the lowest grain protein. Similar to the yield data, treating with a urease inhibitor tended to increase grain protein but differences were again statistically insignificant. He then analyzes the final numbers. An economic analysis was performed by averaging the data from all site years together. The cost comparison assumed a price of $10.80 per bushel of wheat and an additional cost of using Anvil of $128 per ton and for Super U $150 per ton relative to using straight urea. Every broadcast treatment resulted in a substantial economic loss compared to side-banding the urea at seeding. However, keep in mind that many of the sites had reduced yield potential due to drought or had high levels of nitrogen. 
As a result, the potential loss of nitrogen at these sites may not have affected yield because there's lots in the system. At sites that were highly responsive to added nitrogen, the loss in income from broadcasting urea was considerably higher. It would have been higher still if a protein premium was also considered in the economic analysis. So while broadcasting nitrogen on snow may save time, it comes with a large economic cost and the use of a urease inhibitor under those conditions is not going to improve the economics. To be fair, our past work from Yorkton has found urease inhibitors can make economic sense, particularly when broadcasting urea in early fall on warm soils. It just doesn't seem to help much when broadcasting on snow. Thanks to the Ministry's Strategic Field Program for funding this study. Again, that's my call with the East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College. Coming up is the market update. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on CKRM. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $6.30 to 669.42. Number one red spring wheat is up $2.13 at 333.50. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 489.23. Feed barley 277.58. Chickpeas 1036.17. Flax 641.04. Lentils 780.50. Oats 289.32. Yellow peas 399.89 and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up six cents at seven dollars and thirty-three and three-quarter cents a bushel. Coming up is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 17th. Our last regular sale was on October 11th. There wasn't much change. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.31 to $1.49. D3 cows sold from $1.20 to $1.30. Counter cows sold from $1 to $1.10. Heiferet sold from $2.20 to $2.46. And Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.43 to $1.65. We had a pre-sorted Angus calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $4.98 and sold up to $5.18. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.70 and sold up to $4.82. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $4.28 and sold up to $4.82. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $4.03 and sold up to $4.24. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $3.85 and sold up to $3.94. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $3.74 and sold up to $3.80. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $3.66 and sold up to $3.80. And 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $3.49 and sold up to $3.65. Heifers were 45 to 50 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were 
two loads of 430-pound black spheres at $4.80 a pound, two loads of 500-pound black spheres at $4.23 a pound, a load of 550-pound black spheres at $3.93 a pound, a load of 600-pound black spheres at $3.79 a pound, a load of 650-pound black spheres at $3.74 a pound, and a group of 700-pound black spheres at $3.65 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. The latest pork prices are at $199.50 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank. 306-721-6667. The federal government introduced legislation to update the Canada-Ukraine Free Trade Agreement and announced plans for a business mission to the country next year. International Trade Minister Mary Ng introduced Bill C-57, which will implement the updated agreement in Canadian law if adopted by Parliament. Canada and Ukraine signed the Modernized Trade Agreement in September. The new deal builds on a free trade deal that came into force in 2017. The modernized agreement includes dedicated new chapters and provisions on trade and services, investment, temporary entry for business persons, telecommunications, digital trade, labor, and the environment. Ng also announced that she will bring a business mission to Ukraine next year. The value of total bilateral trade between Canada and Ukraine amounted to $422 million in 2022. On the markets, the TSX is down 161 points at 19,531. The Dow is down 246 points to 33,750. Oil is up $1.89 at $87.33 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Wednesday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.